I can't say that I know the will of God for your life, but I do know for the next hour what the will of God is for your life. <laughs> Welcome to Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop. Tie and bind them. Go. So I guess it's going to be an hour? <laughs> to get in the cup. Woof. Last episode, we were tying and binding, laying hands. <laughs> this episode, we are pronouncing the will of God on people. Man, there it is. We're either making progress or we are off the rails. <laughs> I'm not sure which it is. <laughs> well, you guys decide. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We have one person in the audience who thinks we're pretty good. Listen okay. to this. Best podcast ever, five stars. This podcast has taught me so many things about God and has helped me in my personal walk with God. In a world full of negativity, it's so encouraging to have amazing godly content from young and old alike to glean from. That is from Rayleigh on Apple Podcasts. So we will say amen to that. Give her an amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we have a guest from California on today. We do. Figured this out or not. Uh, so I was just thinking as we were uh, spinning up the show here, uh, I quickly checked our analytics for January. Okay. And just to give you an idea of our audience and how it's growing, do you realize in the month of January, we had more people listen from the state of California than we did for the entire country of Canada? Well, oh, Think about well, that for a second. Well, well. So California pumps our tires. California <laughs> is repping strong. Well, they must have known who was coming on. So they're, a, they're like preparing. It's about time we talk to more people in California. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we're doing pretty good. Yeah. We have Steve Buxton. That's right. Elder Buxton just came yeah. on. And, right. and so now we're, we're bringing in the big guns. Man. There's, there's, no, uh, there's no holes barred now. Get ready, folks. Here we go. I am honored today to have a dear friend of mine and an incredible man of God, Pastor Joel Booker from Rialto, California. They love and you. Don't keep, yeah, yeah we'll do yeah. the clapping. Leave your hands on the steering wheel. Yeah. That's right. <clears throat> we'll do the clapping. How are you doing, my friend? We're doing good, and it is so good to be here with you guys. Wow. We've been working at this a while. Yes, sir. We have. We've been trying. Yeah. And we're really glad you fit us in, man. This this means a lot. Well, we're glad to be here. You guys are doing a good work. And uh, boy, this is, it's, it's, this kind of thing is necessary, this platform. Um, and uh, you guys do it well. So thank you. Well, it we appreciate that. And it really is what it is because of the voices that come on and, mm-hmm. and share uh, like you're going to do today. Um, for the three people that may not know our guest, <laughs> he pastors in Rialto, California, Inland Lighthouse. How many years have you been pastor there? I officially, we've been here since 96, yes. and my dad was pastoring and about five, uh, well, I guess we're moving into six years ago. In 96 was the officially installed as pastor so yeah five almost six years wow 
Mm, Man, does sure. time like rock on or no? Oh, it just won't stop. <laughs> they stop. are they are leading a dynamic church, and um, we have we have been discussing behind the scenes um, a pretty important topic about the will of God. Mm. Um, and Brother Booker, you're you're going to be addressing that today. So let me just kick it off with a. I guess a general question, but um, how how do you go about finding the will of God? It, it, yeah, I, I I hope that's not too general. Well, no, no, it's that's I guess that's the question, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, well, I, I I think, and I think we we mentioned this earlier. I uh, first of all, I believe the will of God is <clears throat> it's something that's attainable. It's something that can be found. And a lot of times, I think we approach the will of God um, like it's this ethereal, floating, mm -hmm. moving sure. target. Sure. Uh, kind of like a guy chasing a butterfly with a butterfly net. It's, you know, you yeah. swing and you miss. And you, yeah. and, and, and some people seems like they live their whole life and, and they never get untracked. It's like, I, you know, but I don't believe that's God's will. And... Um, it can almost be, if I could jump in here, that that's a great um, mental picture, you know, chasing the butterfly. You, you can almost, if that's your approach to it, adopt the idea that if you miss it, it's gone. Right, exactly. And I don't know how many times I've talked to people that, whether through, um, I don't know, whether, whether through mistakes that they've made or allowing time to slip by, they think that maybe the will of God has changed. And, and I do know that mistakes can affect God's sure. will, sure. but, but sometimes I'll, I'll tell you, he, he, he's far seeing God. Yes, he is. And, you know, for, for people to realize, you know, this, um, his will encompasses a whole lot and he saw my life yeah. and, and he wants it more than I do. Wow. And, and, uh, and so it, you know, I heard, I heard a story. There's a preacher by the name of Edmund Dias. I think he was from Canada. Oh, really? My, my dad told me, I don't know if it was East or West Canada, but he was, I think this just kind of illustrates what we're talking about, but he, he was, he was seeking the will of God over some, something in his life. And he, he, he got to the point, he went up in the mountains and he uh, rented a cabin or something. He was going to spend some time praying and fasting and uh, plan on being there for a couple of weeks. Well, somewhere in there, I guess he got bored. <laughs> and uh, so he, I mean, he's still praying, seeking the will of God, but he went and he went down into a town nearby and uh, there was a, like an antique type store there. And there on the counter was a, a cassette tape. So he's trying to find the will of God. On the counter, he sees a cassette tape, and it's a message, a preaching message, a sermon by Edmund Dyes. It's one he had preached, wow. and it was on how, this is true, on how to find the will of God. <laughs> That's rich. So he took it back, went to the cabin, listened to it, and found the will of God. God. And great. we complicate it sometimes. It's, it's available for us. Wow. And God wants it more than we do. 
Well, that, that's a strong statement right there. He really does want us to, to hit it. He's he not, hit it's it. not like he's putting these yeah. roadblocks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yes, that's fascinating. So, so there, there's, there's things that I know that we can do in order to, um, you know, find the will of God. It's interesting to me and uh, um, that, you know, an interesting portion of scripture in finding the will of God is found in the book of Acts chapter 16. Mm -hmm. It's, it's um, the first 10 verses or so are much of it's about Paul traveling from city to city, area to area, region to region, ending in the Macedonian call, which is one of the clearest Mm. examples. Here's the will of God for you. Would you like that every day? Right. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. But, but the way it starts out, it, it, it's almost, it's funny to read. He's so I, I'm going to open up and read it here. Real yeah, quick. absolutely. Is That's it okay 16... to read the Yeah, we do it every once in a while. <laughs> the 16th Acts chapter. 16. Okay. Yes, sir. So he is, he is traveling through the first several verses. But if you look around verse number six, it said when uh, it's referencing traveling through Phrygia the region of Galatia. Mm-hmm. And, and the point is, is that they're moving the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting wow. to me. I believe God is looking for people that are, are active, that wow. are busy. That's good. The will, the will of God comes to people that are already involved. Yes. Um, we read about the, uh, the calling of Peter and, and uh, Peter and Andrew, James and John, they were fishing. They were actively doing something. And I read somewhere that they, uh, some people estimate that of the 12 apostles, eight of them possibly were fishermen. Um, wow. I think they're reaching a little bit with that. I know four for sure. sure. Um, and some of the others by the, the region that they came from were likely fishermen. The point is, is God found busy people. You're not going to get the will of God sleeping on a couch till noon every day. Right. Just waiting for the will of God to come. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you so know, Paul's trip. Go ahead. Can I jump in here? You guys mm-hmm. remember when we had Elder Jerry Enzi on? Oh yeah, a few months ago, yeah. and he made oh, a I statement. He said, right "God." At, right at the end of that. Right podcast. at the end, he just kind of dropped it, and then we yeah. were done. I was like, "I oh, don't come back." He said, "God cannot steer or direct a stationary object." Powerful. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. <laughs> He said, he said, stop looking for green lights and go until you see a red light. Yes. Uh, yes. That's yes. So that kind of, that kind of yeah. parallels with what you're saying about yeah. active moving mm-hmm. people is, right. is who discover the will of God. Well, and, and the, what you said there, Brother Derek, about the red lights, that's mm-hmm. exactly what happens in that verse. So they're moving, they're going. And then the Bible says they were forbidden. Of the Holy yeah, Ghost to preach well, the word. <laughs> so they yes. weren't they weren't asking, can we preach here? Can we preach here? Can we preach here? Yes. Interesting. That's eh? good. Yeah. That's right. So it, it unfolds and and then as we said, it it unfolds into specific direction eventually, where I mean it doesn't get much clearer. They passing through Mycia come to Troas. He has a vision from God, and there's the Macedonian call, please come, come. over here yes. and help us. Yes. So being active um, leads to to the will of God. It just it just does. Wow. And 
um, one of the most uh, beautiful statements I've ever heard regarding the will of God was made by uh, Brother Vaughn Morton. I don't know if it's original with him, but maybe you've heard Brother McKillop him say that the present duty is the will of God. Oh, wow. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's helped me through life. And and sometimes I'll talk to young people. They'll be searching for the will of God. And I'll say, okay, well, tell me what you got going tomorrow. You know, and uh, the will of God for you tomorrow is to get up and hopefully brush your teeth, shower, get ready and go to school Mm -hmm. and, and do the best you can do at school. Wow. The, The will of God is for you to get dressed and go to church and pray and worship and, and what is in front of you. Now we understand God will, he can interrupt that just like he did with Paul. Sure. Yeah. But what's in front of you. And, and boy, I tell you that the present duty being the will wow. of God, that's helped me. Let, let me ask you this then. Is there a, is there a danger of me because I have an ideal of what I hope the will of God is? Is there a yeah. danger of me looking over, glazing over the obvious things that are present duties that I could be engaged in? So I'm wanting to be the Fortune 500 CEO. I'm wanting to be the whatever, father of the faithful, whatever it is. Yes. But I'm, I'm missing that the, the trash needs taken out. And that yes. I can, I can. Do you think that that plays a part in it? with oh i do i do very much so i i'm thinking of a couple things that play into that brother jonathan alviar was preaching at a a conference in in, uh, colorado springs the heritage youth conference one time and he was preaching about the uh, daniel and the three hebrew children and he talked about how that they were over at least two times it says that they were fit to stand before the king, huh. they were, and yeah. and he and he went through that. I mean, that that was everything from physically they had physically prepared themselves, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mentally, mm-hmm. knowledge. They they there were things they knew. These were educated young men. They they probably got good grades in school to use a modern you know mm-hmm. to the best of their ability. Yes. And, and he was, he was just talking about the preparation to stand. Ultimately, we all want to stand before the King that there ought to be high aspirations. We ought to shoot high, Mm. but it starts with, with the everyday and the mundane preparation for, for, for standing before the King, you know, and um, so, you know, somebody said the same hand that holds a microphone that, that hand, you know, uh, it, it can also hold a shovel and a toilet brush and yeah, a, yeah, go and work mom, around the church yeah, yeah. And, and be involved in the work of God. And mo- most but often the, we try to get that the other way around, don't we? Yes. yes. You don't just jump in front of the king. You prepare your heart. Wow. You, you prepare your life, your mind. You got to, uh, I've, I've heard this said about David, you've got to be able to entertain and sing to the king before he'll make you one. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Man, this is good. Have uh, not trying to derail or shove you 
off of your um, trajectory here, but how, how has this, because you and I have many similarities in the sense of uh, going through periods of transition, you know, because the will of God affects everything. It, it, it affects careers everything. and marriages. And, you know, I, I really do believe that there's a pattern yes, sir. that we can tap into. But you and I have a lot of similar um, leadership journeys that we've been on, coming behind literal spiritual giants, <laughs> yes. taking over incredible churches, you know? Yes, sir. Um, how, how has this played out for you on that journey? Yeah. You know? Well, absolutely. That's a great question. I, If you'll pardon some of the personal references here, I... And I, and I think you're exactly right. It is interesting. There's been a lot of parallels in our lives. I remember I was kind of thinking, and uh, I don't know why, maybe the last couple of days, just because I knew this was coming up, but we first met, at least that I remember, somewhere around 15, 16 years old Yes. at a PSR conference Yes. and uh, headed to a, uh, the Fresno gym afterwards. We for did. Youth fellowship. We did. Uh, um but here we are. I'm 45, and I, I know help us, Jesus. Come on, hey, somebody. We got, we got one here in the room with us. That's no, up not there 45. Too. No, but he's getting there. <laughs> Woo. Is he getting place. there? Yeah. Okay, like 43. Grandpa. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> it's like Grandpa told you. He was asked what it's like being a, a grandpa. And he said, it's, it's not bad. It's just hard being married to a grandma. So <laughs> I don't mind being I don't mind being 45, and I don't know about being in a meeting with another yeah. guy <laughs> hanging out with these old people. Yeah. But uh anyway, we've seen we've seen we've seen God take us from that age to where we are now. Not right. that we've attained, but right. um I do remember some of these principles being played out. I remember um, as a young man, some of my favorite scriptures I would pray all the time are found in Psalms, um, so, like like Psalm twenty seven eleven, and uh, where the psalmist says, "Teach me Thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path." And uh, I've prayed that God, you got to make it plain. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not smart enough. Right. Would you please just let me somehow fumble my way through? Um, uh, Psalm 37 that talks about trust in the Lord and do good. Um, so shalt thou dwell in the land and thou shalt be fed. And then it says, delight thyself also in the Lord. Oh, He'll yeah. give you the desires of thine heart. Proverbs 3 that talks about trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. So I would pray those scriptures. But when you're praying them as a teenager or as a young man, you have the faith that it's going to work, that God's going to unfold your life. But there's always, at least with me, there was a part of me that's like, I've seen it work for my dad. And I've seen other men find the will of God, but is it going to work for me? So here's a little bit of personal reference. I, I told our young people this, you know, over the, the last few months, we had a session talking about the will of God. And I remember, you know, when I was younger, I, I did try to prepare myself, um, even, you know, educationally tried to do well in school um, was involved with um, things that were like Bible quizzing things sure. uh, like music. I wasn't very good, like, unlike yourself, but these are all things that I think prepare us. I'll, I'll go, and, I'll go with um, 
I played the piano and he was the Bible quizzer. We'll, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> I studied scriptures. Yeah. I don't know if that counts, but yeah, I don't know if counts. I could be accused of being a quizzer. Uh, yeah. Daniel, brother McKillick can do it all. He can uh, do it all. So, um, but somewhere, somewhere in that process, just of, of living life, doing the present duty, I really begin to pray about the will of God. God began to unfold this in my life. I remember, you know, you get um, people would ask me from time to time, are you going to be a preacher? You ever hear that question? Yeah, <laughs> sure. And how did you and answer that? <laughs> I, 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 I usually would say something like, I don't know. Yes. <laughs> I don't That's know. about how I answer that question now. <laughs> <laughs> was my standby. I, I don't know, even though down inside, I really couldn't envision myself doing anything else, but sure. that was, that was my deal. I didn't want to be presumptuous. I remember going, uh, you know, to, a, there was a particular camp, a youth camp that we went to and uh, brother Mark Morgan was preaching. Phil White was the camp principal and, uh, and yeah. And uh, he, there was, it was a powerful camp. I remember, I think it was the last night brother Morgan was preaching and he ended the service with an appeal. He said, if anybody feels the call to preach, he said, I'm open this altar. Any young men that feel the call to preach? Well, there was probably five, 600 people there, young, young people, wow. probably 300, 250, 300 young guys. Well, that night, apparently everybody in the house, except for two people were called to preach. Oh. <laughs> The whole guy's side <laughs> emptied. And, uh, everybody was I, feeling it. Of course. Yeah, everybody. Yep. And uh, ironically, one of the guys that stayed back in his seat is one of my best friends, and he's preaching today. So That's funny. Yeah. Wow. Well, there I sat or, or stood, and, and it was like a moment. I knew I, I didn't want to just be presumptuous. That would sure. have been my fear. So bottom line is I, I just said, God, listen, if you're in this, if you're in this, you, you got to make it clear. Well, there was no lightning bolt that flashed. I just knew I would be grieving God more by staying in that chair than going to the altar. Yeah. And perhaps, so I went to the altar, God, I, I'll do anything you want me to do. I told God in the altar, I said, listen, if you, if you want me to be a preacher, if you've called me, then I want you, I fleeced God. I said, I want you to talk to my dad and have my dad talk with me when I get home about being a preacher. Well, um, uh, after that service, Brother Phil White caught me, and uh, he said, I saw you go up there. I said, yes, sir. He said, uh, um, I want you to preach tomorrow <laughs> to this youth camp. Well, no I, way. yeah, he did. He did. Whew. I said, Brother White, I can't. <gasps> I don't even know if I'm a preacher. And I kind of explained, you know, sure. I, that I felt I would have. I, I'm trying to figure this out. He he wouldn't let me up. Finally, he said, the only way I'll let you off is if you promise next year you'll preach uh, to the UK, not as the main speaker, but one sure. of the days. So I, at that point, I promised anything. Yeah, and uh, I said, yes, sir. <laughs> so I went home and this is all part of finding the will of God. I went home and I, I you can imagine, I kind of, uh, I, I was stalking my dad for the next few days just kind sure, of sure you feeling he, anything dad <laughs> you feel anything yeah. <laughs> let me tell you yeah. he never said a word <laughs> he never 
Oh, Lord. Finally, we're driving in the car and I, I started crying. I said, Dad, has God talked to you about anything about me? And he looks at me. He said, son, I know. And I just I told him the whole thing. He said, son, listen to me. He said, first of all, I think fleecing God can really be dangerous. He oh. said, you only see it once, you know, in the Bible doesn't mean you don't do it. Yeah. But sometimes it can be a lack of faith. It can be a you know, you're trying to wow. mm. almost get a sign from God. And he said, son, I, I've always wondered, you know, if you might be called. And he said, I, I, I would, I've anyway, he began to affirm what I had been feeling. So that was kind of my first initial foray into the preaching aspect of the will of God. Wow. I'm 18 years old, um, going to the Christian school. Again, I'm just walking you through my little story. Fine in the will of, I'm 45, guys, yeah. and somehow God got us here. Um, I got out of school. I was wondering about going to college, and uh, but I, I was feeling to preach. My dad, in talking to him, he said, you know, it won't be time wasted. So I went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. It's an in engineering school there, which is kind of ironic. The only reason I, I chose engineering is I liked math. I can't even change the oil on my car, you know, <laughs> you well, we would not few, want it. We have a few more things in common. <laughs> that is the will of God. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. you wouldn't want to drive on any bridge I engineered. I promise you that. So, <laughs> um, but I begin to preach out. People begin to call more and more. I, I eventually did quit school. And I finished it up later on and, and so on online. But my point in all that is God just took us by the hand. He led me in a plain path. Yeah. He led me in a plain path. Sometimes you just, you can't see God usually with his will does not give you the, the 10 year plan or even, you know, it's just the next step or so. And uh, and, and he just kind of, you take him by the hand and you keep walking. I remember, you know, things did begin to feel a little clearer to me at that point. And uh, as far as I, I could see the ministry, I could see that happening. I'm around 19 years old. Well, in a moment, everything changed. My dad got a call from Steve Buxton for, with his father, Gerald Buxton, to take the church here in Rialto. At the time we were past, he was pastoring in Aurora Grande. Yes. And uh, that was an agonizing decision he made. And, uh, but it was the best thing that ever happened to us. Um, but in a moment's time, everything changed. My dreams changed. Our church changed. The conceivable future changed. My friends changed. Everything changed. I was 19. I could have technically stayed, you know, but I felt to go. We left a church of around, you know, a little over 200 to a church running uh, uh, services. I remember there would be 13 when we would start and, you know, people would gather, but services of around 30 people in the, in the church, no young people, just, just me and my brothers. And, and this, God this, this, this isn't necessarily worth anything in the spiritual realm, yeah. but I remember the landscape where you used to be yes, and it was sir. right on the coast. Yes, it was. You talk about yes, picturesque. We left the ocean we left a small town and uh, to go to smog, traffic, crime, yeah. and revival. Yeah. And revival. <laughs> Don't forget that last part. Yeah. And revival. And I love it. I wouldn't go. I would, I, my dad says there's a lot of places he'd rather live, but no place he'd rather pastor. And, oh, uh, that's good. 
Yeah. 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 I could relate with that. Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, and so God began to develop things. People would ask, as I mentioned, to preach. First place I ever preached was Brother Chad Craig in Dayton, Ohio. Yes. And uh, I was scared to death. And others, I eventually, as I mentioned, quit school, began to focus on ministry. Without going into all of it, but with, with my wife, God did the same thing. It was just the present duty flowing into the will of God, into the next step of the will of God. And and here we are today. I, I'm still in pursuit of the will of God, but this I know. I, I'm going to, right now, this is the present duty to do this podcast. Right, right. After this, I've got a, I've got a funeral. I got to do it at 2.30. Yeah. That's the will of God. Later on, I got to meet some folks and then do a Bible study tonight. It's the will of God. So let me ask you this. Um, on this journey, were you ever frustrated Oh. by the the unfolding of the timeline because I, I find that that's often an aspect of the will of God that I thought by now you know we're we're 40-ish is uh, mid 40-ishes now I yeah I still can't believe that we're I know just but, accept it just accept it <laughs> deal with it yeah exactly but you know there there was there was times when I was assisting my dad, wow. that that I I really I've said this before, and it may be a stain on on my reputation, but I really didn't pray about assist, assisting my dad. He asked me, and I did it. I mean, yes, that was my pastor, and that was it. And so there would be those that would come from the side and say, you know, you're really spinning your tires here, you, or. You know, you're not you're not going to go in the evangelistic field. You're not going to. Oh my! You're not. And so, were there ever moments where all of that stuff led to frustration within? You know, is it ever going to happen? Is it ever going to unfold? Maybe that yeah. wasn't the will of God. Well, a- absolutely. And it's funny you mentioned. You know, even that stage of assistant pastor. I. Uh, so I, I got married when I was 27. Both of my brothers were already married. Um, you start, um, you, your friends are all married. They're having kids. Many of them are either evangelizing or pastoring churches. Um, and and, and I, I wasn't, I, I think it's fair to say it wasn't, um, I enjoyed what I was doing, but there was a part of me like, God, am I, is this right for me? Mm-hmm. I had people that I respected very much that said, you really do need to be evangelizing. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, I'm sure you had, you know, phone calls that would come about possibly doing other ministry opportunities, whether churches, uh, whatever churches, yes. Yeah. Missions work or uh, taking churches. And, and yes, the frustration would be there, but, but I, patience and trust in the process, just knowing that the Macedonian call is going to come. It may not be as plain as Paul got it, but God makes it really clear. I heard, I heard a man say this one time, and this really, really helped me. He said that um, much of life is just the mundane. It's boring. Um, maybe boring is the wrong word, but it is the mundane. Yeah, it's the sure. routine. That's the word I'm looking yeah. for. Yeah. It's predictable. And and, and so you just cruise through these mundane routine 
aspects of life. And then every now and then it can be a phone call. Yeah. It can be a conversation and your whole world changes in a moment's time. You measure everything from that moment. <laughs> it's, it's instant acceleration from the routine to, I mean, it's so fast and furious. And he said, the only way that you prepare for those moments of acceleration are during the times of routine. You had to have prepared That's yourself, good. the patience and the faithfulness, the present That's duty. Good. And, and so, yes. And, and interestingly, every time God would take us to a different phase of, of, of life or ministry, you, you feel, um, at least I felt, um, you know, incapable. God, is this really, you know, can I handle this? And he takes you and eventually you, you get comfortable in that season, that setting. It's like, you know, I, I guess God's helping me with this can be done. And then wow. that moment of acceleration happens again. And he turns you. It's just uh, it's just the way life is. Right. Right. And so and so, yes, that frustration absolutely was there. One of the ones that, again, back to was with um, I, I with with marriage with me, with my wife. Mm-hmm. I was. um I was a single, I was preaching and I, I, I didn't, I wasn't doing a lot of dating. I didn't want to be eventually when I was married, looking out preaching and realized, you know, I dated her and I dated her, you know, and and I I am sure I'm I'm just using one of my gifts here, but okay. There was probably Mm -hmm. a number of girls wherever you preached that felt they knew the will of God. I don't know about that. Help us Lord. (laughs) I will tell you. This is you, terrible. Do you, want me, I remember. do you want me to use names right now? Or? No, no, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, help us, Lord. <laughs> I do remember going preaching one time, and the pastor, we, he said, I have this, 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 this kind of a, a larger boat. He said, we'd, we'd take you out on the bay, and you go. Well, we went with him, and there was four unmarried young ladies that went with me and the pastor. Ooh. I'm like, my God. What? So, yeah. How was so, the boat ride? Fishers of yeah. men. Fishers yeah. of men. <laughs> well, it's needless to say, I was glad to get off that boat. But yeah, um, the point in all that is, is I, I, I begin to ask my dad, am, am I thinking right? You know, I'm not dating. Am I expecting God to strike me with lightning to tell me who the girl is? Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, but God kind of did with my wife. Okay. He, 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 she was there in our church and it's like one day, maybe I'm just, I'm just slow. I'm my, if you ask my wife, she'll say he is slow, <laughs> but I, it was the thing. And there she was. Wow. And I, I guess in all that, the frustration with the process, it's just part of the process, but knowing that if you're doing God's will in the present, it's going to lead to the next step. Mm. So in, in talking about marriage, cause we do, we do have a number of listeners that, that, that part of their life that they, they haven't moved into yet. Yes. Um, how do you respond to that young person, sincere young person that comes into your office? Um, at maybe the 27 year old young person, you said you were 27 years of age that, one of two things you've you've already highlighted one of them their ideal is so high that they hesitate to enter into a covenant without god writing it on the wall yes yes or they had felt like it was someone else and then they 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 married somebody mm-hmm. else and so yes. now what do i do how do i rebound 
from, yeah. I thought that one was the will of God? Well, that, that's a great question. I will tell you, I, I pray often for, for young people that are in that situation. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting. I think the older I get, the more my philosophy is find a good one and marry him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are Absolutely. you waiting for? Yeah. Look, right? look, look for the flaws, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Let, let me, I'm, I, I'm not wanting to, to, superimpose this on on you but i have kind of been a little hesitant to say that there's just that one out there for you yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. i i think by extension that could ultimately contribute to um that view could contribute to down the road them saying you know what i need to divorce her because i missed it she yes. really wasn't yeah. the one right right where we're really you find one that meets that biblical criteria. Yes. And you yes. make it the one. It, it, it's, yes. you know, is, is that, is that a wrong outlook on that? I, I, I really, it's, it's interesting you say that because um, I, honestly, the older I get, the more I'm coming to that view of it. You look at the biblical view. They, they, the parents often were the, the totally. ones picking the bride. Totally. And it seems like they did pretty good. It sounds <laughs> like uh, Randy's nervous over here. What's yeah, the deal? No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> this is a Let's good pick time somebody to be right? alive. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for the Woo! new covenant. Lord. <laughs> I love it. Maybe we should do like Kingdom Speak dating oh, man. services. That could would we? be brutal. Yeah. Let's do it. But it did work out. Or it seemed it to. It, it seems like their marriage and divorce rate was much better than today's. Well, the truth. there we go. What do you guys think about this? So you are the spiritual gurus here, you two. And Randy and I are the carnal people on this podcast. But how do you answer those sincere, beautiful saints who ask you if this such and such a car is the will of God or this such and such a house? Well, or, you know, I was going to go on vacation, but I'm wondering if it's the will of God. This or, week or next. Yeah. I have a real problem on my hands, like today. Yeah. Um. We're entertaining the idea of getting a pet. Oh, boy. And I would like to know, I want everybody to hear it on Kingdom Speak. Mm -hmm. Is it the will of God for me to get a pet? Take it away, Pastor McKillop. I, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I need more this information. Define pet. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Not all pets are created equal. Well, that was my next question. Is Would it be the will of God then, after getting a pet, for it to be a golden doodle? Uh, Let me pray about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now these are these are all. I think they're all guardrails that are necessary on this topic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To say that God doesn't have an opinion in what I drive or what I wear or mm -hmm. what I, I, I can't go that far. Mm -hmm. But yet, yeah. He puts principles down there, doesn't he? That that help govern that. Well, and I think he. You know, and I know it's tongue in cheek, but um, that's not my pastoring style. You know what I mean? Right. I, I think God. Likewise, um, just for the record. <laughs> yeah, especially. That. Yeah. Um, uh, I think God wants us to use our own initiative, our own thinking mm -hmm. when it comes to just living life. Now, there's obviously certain things that we need to approach the man of God, the pastor in our life. Mm -hmm. um, but I believe we can almost take away the uh, uh 
the create the, the Holy Ghost creativity and initiative of the individual. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to make that decision. You you get you a red car or a blue car. That's that's right. up to you. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. Even when it comes to young people that come to me about the will of God for a wife. Now, this is me. I'm not putting this on anybody else. I'm very careful. I, I, I often say this. I don't even know that it's my job to find the will of God for I, I, yeah, people. I, I think it's your job to find the will of God for you. Hmm. You know, I'll help you. Yeah. Here has been, we're, we're kind of having this conversation pretty openly here, but yeah. um, my approach in moments like that is look, if there, if I get a red flag, I'll let you know if, if I yes. know something. Yes about yes. either one of you that I would want to know if I was entering into that decision, then yes. But outside of that, you better know it's the will of God. That's not my job. That's, that's back to the green light, red light thing. Yeah. yeah. I ain't living with her. <laughs> amen. You are. Hey, that's a, that's a good point. That's yeah. amen. <laughs> it is. You're going to have all of the, the implications and consequences are on you. So if I make those decisions, yeah, I don't want you coming back to me. Mm, yeah. <laughs> And you know, some of the counseling sessions that are the easiest, Brother Booker, okay. we're getting I, out in the weeds. Man. I love it. You know where I'm going. I think don't I you? know where you're going with Is this. Is when they come in and say, you know, Pastor, I really feel like God wants yes. me to Woo! X, Y, Z. Yes. yes, yes. And Hallelujah. what do you think? <laughs> That's easy for me. Yeah. That's easy. Just like, man, Lord, I, spoken. I don't want to be found yeah. resisting God. Yeah. I will yeah. never go against the will of God here. <laughs> Do you sanction this, Pastor McKillop? Well, man, I'm I'm 100% behind God. That's where I am. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, some are easier than others, aren't they? They are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like the guy that was wanting the will of God about moving, and and uh, he's talking to the uh, talking to the the pastor. I guess saw the kid and said, "Where's Where's your mom and dad at?" Well, dad's upstairs. Uh, praying and mom's downstairs packing. You know? <laughs> there we go. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Sometimes you know, if, it's already settled. Have you ever found this? And and how do you balance this? You can almost find any scripture or pick a statement. I've experienced it. I'm sure you have where Someone comes up after you finish preaching, man, God spoke to me. It, it, it confirmed. Mm. And then they tell you what it confirmed, and you go, oh. oh, no, 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 no. No, I didn't say that. Yes. Mm. Oh, yes. You know, you, it, you can almost superimpose and find anything to support what you deem the will of God to be. Yes. I'm trying to be careful because I'm thinking of a an example that is so fitting, but I'm, I don't know if I should... But it, the bottom line is somebody had preached. This will be generic enough that I can tell it. Somebody had preached, and the response from an individual was weeping in tears. They came to me. God is calling me. And I'm thinking, yes, tell me. God's calling me, Pastor. Yes, tell me. I, I was so happy for them. And, and what God had called them to was the, the weirdest. I'd never heard a calling like that in my life. Yeah. I, I, I said, right. Yeah. So how how do how do you prevent that? Because oftentimes they are sincere people that are. Yes. You know they're trying so hard to find the will of God yeah. that they're making a burning bush out of every ember that flies through the air. That's so good. <laughs> how, how do you? Well, I think there are 
there is a role of a pastor. And, and that's where, like in the particular story that I, 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 I gave so ambiguously, you don't even know what sure. I'm talking about. I had to coach a little bit and say, well, I, you really, th-, you know, and, and walk them back into the realm of reality. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but um, ultimately, I think the onus is on the individual to find the will of God. Our job, my job, let me use me, I believe is to provide counsel, to help, to speak um, uh, without, again, taking away from the initiative of, of, of an individual to find the will of God about things. So there's certain things that it's obvious, you know, some things they come to me, you know, if, if a young man ever, you know, he's comes and he's found a girl that's not in church. Well, that's, I got scripture. That's not the will of God. Right. <laughs> um, right. Other examples like that. But, but for the most part, it's more of a, a kind of a directional, just helping um, set. Yes. As they find the will of God, work with God to find his will. It's almost progressive a bit in that, in that area. Yes, sir. I believe so. So. Wow. Excellent. You know, too, I, uh, and I, and I kind of alluded to this earlier, it's, um, and this is kind of where we started, but, but God wants us to have his will and to sure. know his will, whether it's the young person that's approaching ministry or whatever aspect of occupation, uh, whether it's somebody that's looking to get married or it's an, an advanced, you know, we're all looking for God's will right now. There's, there's, there's all of you that I'm looking at right now. We all have things and aspects of the will of God that, we're praying about if we're not, then we're stuck in a rut. We need to get back moving so we can find Mm -hmm. his will, but God wants us to find it. He wants us to find his will. I heard a, I heard a deal, uh, a story about it's supposed to be true. If it's not, and you know that it's not, don't tell me otherwise, because I really like this. (laughs) There was supposed to be um, some folks that were doing sound effects for a drama. And they needed, for a particular scene, they needed the sound of water um, going across uh, rocks. They needed that, that sound. All right. And so they, they tried all kinds of things. They used an orchestra. They would use different, um, uh, different instruments to make that sound. They took paper. They would, you know, uh, fold it up, crunch it up, wad it up. And kind of moving around, they used foil, they used all kinds of different things. And finally, somebody had the brilliant idea. They said, you know, we're, we're trying to get the sound of water as it goes across rocks. What if we, you know, this must have been a real forward thinker. They said, <laughs> why don't we try and just record water going across rocks? Yeah, exactly. And you know what they did? And guess what? It, 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 it worked. It sounded just like it. <laughs> it my, my, just what like a story. <laughs> the will of God is there for us. It's, it's to be found. Mm-hmm. Yes. God is, he's got it for us. The steps of a good man, oh. of a good woman are ordered by the Lord. And um, the law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. All of these principles are, are at work in somebody that's just honestly trying to live for God. Right. He's going to make it plain. He's going to make it clear. I don't, I don't have the reference um, here, but I've thought of this as you were just mentioning that a few moments ago over the last couple of minutes. 
where he said, I will, you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk ye in it. It's beautiful. Really, and I've, I've heard my dad talk about this, Brother Booker, before. Um, I, I think a lot of people get lost in God spoke to me, and I, I, I believe God speaks. No question, God speaks. But they, they, if, if they're not careful, we can, get, we, can, we can get God saying stuff that he's not saying. I think this comes back into even, um, you know, you read through the life of a prophet, and you hit the highlights of 70 or 80 years of ministry and the six times that God spoke to the man, yeah, and you can read it in fifteen that's, minutes and that's think that key. God just is talking all the time. Yeah. How come He's not talking to me like that? And yeah. you know, and and so one of the things that my dad always instilled in me was, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Oh, that's so good. So if you're that's feeling so something, bring it to church. Yeah, sit down. Yes. And let God's man preach to you. Yes. And hopefully, somewhere over the course of that message, something's going to trigger with you that confirms so what you've been <laughs> feeling. Yes, 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 absolutely. And, you know, you, you can't, at least I can't think about um, this subject, finding the will of God, without somewhere in my mind that the elder Morton and his message just let it unfold mm. uh, coming up. Yes. I recommend to every person that I pastor, every young person, certainly you need to find a copy of that message. I guess there's a booklet now, but I, I think I'd rather hear it. Sure. You want to hear his voice. Yeah. You absolutely. Catch his spirit. Absolutely. And, uh, and just real quickly to to re, recap it, Elder Morton, as you know, was at a a, a crucial point in his life. He w- he had gone through some major pain, and uh, uh, he was preaching. But honestly, it was it was the most painful part of his life. He was um, preaching for Brother I H Terry, one of the the fascinating yeah. characters of Pentecost. Yes, sir. Uh, pastored in Bakersfield for many years. And uh, there he was um, in Bakersfield. Brother Terry would talk to him and, and, and he, he kept doing things that were, he was, he was, he was using analogies and metaphors to try to get through to Brother Morton to help him. Well, one of the things he did, he took him to his house one day, Brother Terry had a bunch of rose bushes and he, he took one of the roses, cut it off, uh, it was a rosebud, cut it off with a pocket knife, handed it to Brother Morton. And he said, Brother Morton, I want you to take that. I want you to unfold this rose. Well, Brother Morton, we, we kind of, in retrospect, know the story, but he he thought there might be a trick to this. And he's trying, he's, he's, he's trying to unfold that bud. You can imagine it's falling apart. Pieces are falling apart in his hand on the ground. And he he when he's te- when he preaches this he said I was so frustrated I was thinking I can't even unfold a flower, mm. and that's when Brother Terry said Brother Morton that's exactly where you're at in life, and he said that rose is is like your life he said if you keep trying to force it, 
you are going to destroy your life. You're going to destroy people around you. He said, you don't unfold a rose like that. He said, God's designed it, that it takes in the sun, the rain comes down, nutrients from the soil. And over time, it just naturally and beautifully unfolds. Just let your life do that. I don't know how many young people I've took to that and told them that. Just, just, just be, do the present duty, do the will of God, Mm. keep praying, Mm. keep, keep, uh, keep reading your Bible, go to church, be faithful. If you're going to school, be the best student you can be, be the best son, daughter you can be, be the best employee you can be and let God unfold your life. It's going to be beautiful. And And he knows how to do it. And if you, if he has to, if you have to force it, it's probably. Yeah. Brother Enzi said, I've never liked anything that I found behind doors I kicked down. Oh, wow. 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 Open doors. Wish I'd said that first, but that's. Wow. (laughs) That is, that's so good. Man, you, th- this has been, I know this is going to resonate mm-hmm, for, for sure. so many people. I, I don't know of anybody that's on a walk with God that doesn't constantly or shouldn't recalibrate. Mm-hmm. Am I in the will of God? Am, am I yes. on a daily basis? And you've helped. Just just do what's before you. Yeah. Well, the, the Psalm 40, verse number eight, there's a place you can find in God that Instead of being tormented by the will of God, David actually said, I delight to mm. do thy will, oh mm. my God. And there's a place in God. It doesn't mean we're, we're not, you know, it doesn't mean we have it all figured out. Sure. But I'm going to tell you, I'm enjoying this. I, I Living for God's beautiful. Right. And it's not agonizing. It's, there's a delight to it. That's where God wants us to be. Just relax, let the sun shine, the rain fall get the nutrients, and enjoy the ride. It's a good life. Absolutely. 